The Fulton County judge overseeing the 2020 election interference case will hold his first hearing, and this hearing will be televised. That's the law in Georgia, so this will be the case. The key question that Judge Scott McAfee wants prosecutors to answer is this. What is a, quote, good faith estimate? for how long it would take to put all 19 defendants, which include Trump, on trial at the same time. 19 at the same time does sound like a lot. Trump's lawyers do not want him tried with his co-defendants. Their argument is they say they don't have sufficient time to prepare for trial in just under seven weeks. The DA, though, wants to try everyone together, which may give leverage to get them to turn on each other. Now, all 19, of course, right now have pleaded not guilty. And that includes Mark Meadows whom, as we speak, is waiting for a decision that could make or break not only his case, but Trump himself. A Georgia judge is expected to rule at any moment on whether Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, should be allowed to move his case from Fulton County to federal court. Now, why does this matter? Trump has a lot riding on it. That is because if Meadows is successful in getting his case moved to federal court, Trump could follow suit. And that would mean no cameras, for example, broadcasting his trial live around the globe. It also could give the former president a more favorable jury pool outside of Fulton County. Uh, just to give you a, a look at the makeup of that county. In 2020, Biden won the state, uh, won it with 73% of the vote. Four years earlier, Clinton beat Trump by more than 40 percentage votes after winning 69% of the votes. So uh, you see the situation there in Fulton County. In federal court, though, it would be different in terms of a jury pool. It would be from people across northern Georgia, which is significantly more conservative than Fulton County. As you can see, it is a sea of red. So in order, though, for Meadows to be victorious in what could be a crucial precedent for Trump, he needs to convince a judge that he was just carrying out his duties when he tried to keep Trump in power. That was all it was. Nothing to see here. I mean, remember, he was there on the phone with Trump during that infamous phone call in January 2021 between Trump and the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Meadows said he wanted to make sure that every quote was, every vote was counted. What I'm hopeful for is, is there some way that we can, we can find uh, some kind of an agreement to, to, uh, to look at this a little bit more fully. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have, because we won the state. All right, so there's a lot to get to tonight as we await these uh, decisions, hearings. I want to start with Evan Perez out front live in Washington. Okay, so Evan, let's start with this Meadows ruling because I know it really could come at any moment. And then hours away from that hugely significant hearing in the Georgia case. Um, the Meadows ruling, though, obviously that, that could be quite a significant precedent. Right, Aaron, and a lot is riding on that and on the hearing that we're going to have tomorrow with the Meadows ruling, which again could come at any at any moment. Uh, the judge, the federal judge, there is deciding whether to bring Meadows's case. But uh, there's a lot of legal uh, experts who believe that 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 if you bring one case, if you bring one defendant, then you have to bring all of them. All 19 would have to be moved over to to federal court. Again, that's something that the judge may have to address uh, in that. That ruling, which again could come at any moment, but uh, the other the other hearing that we have tomorrow is also, you know, it's a procedural hearing, but it is also, you know, hugely important for a number of reasons. You have uh, certainly the, the two uh, defendants who are asking to be moved, uh, to, to be severed from this, to have their own cases speeded up yeah. by October, to go on trial in October. Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell say that they don't want to wait, and they also want to be separated from everybody else. Uh, of course, Donald Trump and some of the other co-defendants are not ready. They say that they want to be 
separated for their own reasons because they say that's way too too fast. Uh, so the, 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 the what hangs over this hearing tomorrow, certainly for the judge, is how he's going to address that. And then the, uh, the other question, of course, that he's asking uh, the, the, the district attorney to answer is, how long do you think it's going to take to put all 19 defendants on trial? That's a big question, and it'll probably influence what decision he makes on severing uh, those two defendants. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's just even logistics when you think about it, Evan. I mean, you know, 19 people. It, 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 you there, need there's a stadium. Just, right, right. I mean, it's not, it's not just as easy as, uh, you right. know, checking boxes here. Okay. All right, Evan, thank you very much. So let's go now to Ty Cobb, the former Trump White House lawyer. And Ty, I know, you know, we're sort of chuckling here on this, but it, it isn't easy to just put 19 people on trial together, it would seem, in any case. Um, is that the case? I mean, do you think all 19 should be tried together, or do you think just from a whatever legal point of view as well as a logistical one that it would make more sense to try them separately? So I think it makes much more sense to try them together. Try them um, together. I've, try I, I've tried cases, conspiracy, RICO, continuing criminal enterprise cases when I was a prosecutor with, you know, upwards of uh, 28 defendants. Um, and um, that's very manageable. To, it requires, requires uh, uh, careful attention from the judge, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, can be, it can be done. Uh, now, the complication here is the Georgia Speedy Trial Act, which is uh, much stricter, actually, than the federal Speedy Trial Act in terms of the defendant's rights to a speedy trial. Uh, having, having exercised his demand for a speedy trial, uh, Mr. Chesborough um, uh, was given an October 23rd trial date. Sidney Powell, having asked for a speedy trial, uh, should be joined in that case. It, it, it's, she, sh she should not get a separate uh, trial from her co-conspirator. Um, and they will, they will fight about that but there really isn't a basis uh, if if they're both exercising a speedy trial demand uh, to separate the two with the same charges. Now, taking those off of the of the other 17, yeah. there is no reason those 17 couldn't be tried together. Uh, but the Speedy Trial Act will force um, uh, a division of defendants because uh, just like <laughs> they have a right to a speedy trial, they also have a right to full discovery, time to digest the documents. And, you know, that's what the Trump team is arguing, which is we have we need time uh, to prepare for this trial. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I, I, I'm highly confident that if people persist in their speedy trial demands, they will get a separate trial. Um, it may not be the trial that Chesbro uh, envisioned yeah. when he first made the motion because he's stuck with Sidney Powell now. But the other defendants, I think, will. The other defendants, I think, will get uh, will get tried together. I, I like the, the right to a speedy trial or a sclerotic trial, right? Which <laughs> you have the exactly. right that's, in the eye of the beholder. Um, so, so let me ask about the other point that Evan was just talking about, which is Mark Meadows. And we were talking about the potential significance, right, of the precedent that this could establish if he was able to move it, right, in terms of a different jury pool, non-televising of, of procedures, right, those, those, those among others. Do you think he will be successful in being, in moving his case to federal court? I don't, I don't believe so. But you remember, my position has always been he has the most credible case of all the potential federal defendants who are trying seeking to do this. Um, but he did make some significant concessions 
with regard to his motion. He conceded that uh, uh, many of the activities that uh, he, he participated in were uh, political. That's outside his duties as uh, chief of staff. And yeah. the Hatch Act, the Hatch Act exhibit, you know, um, argument that uh, uh, that the prosecutors developed with him also demonstrates what a thin what a thin line he's walking because the Hatch Act, you know, prohibits that. So that's per se illegal. So that's not within his that's not within his duties either. I think he has a tough road to hoe, but he has the he has the only chance of anybody of moving it. Now, with regard so, to whether that would move the other defendants, the reality is uh, there is no case under 1442, which is the, the uh, speedy trial, or excuse me, the uh, um, uh, supremacy clause uh, exercise that uh, Meadows is engaged in trying to receive removal. Yeah. There is no case yet that would move all the other defendants. It, it looks like mm -hmm. an individual right. There is a case pending in the 11th Circuit right now, though, that poses that question uh, that's been fully briefed, as I understand it, but not yet ruled upon. All right. So one final question in the transcript from Meadows testimony that he put in, you know, to to further his bid to move the case. Prosecutors asked why he was so concerned with coordinating the fake electors, why he was doing that. His answer, Ty, was, well, because I know I would get yelled at. And when he's asked by whom? He said by the president of the United States. It sort of struck me, Ty, when I heard that, because just a moment ago we opened our program with Enrique Terrio's defense, right? It was Donald Trump's words, his motivation, his anger that caused what occurred on January 6th. In an odd way, what Meadows is saying seems to be quite similar. I was just doing what I was told, or I was doing it because I was scared I'd get in trouble from the guy at the top. When you, ha when you serve in that office, you take, a dirty, uh, you, you take on a duty to serve and protect the Constitution. It didn't, it didn't prevent Elliot uh, Richardson or William Ruckelshaus from resigning in the face of Nixon's demands that they fire um, Archibald Cox. Uh, you know, they resigned. Um, so th that's the choice you have when you, when you have that level of responsibility. You're, you're not obligated to break the law. All right. Well, Ty, thank you very much. Good to speak with you. Great to see you. Thank you, Aaron.